Good afternoon, everybody. Another edition of Jamal About Sports here on a snowy Saturday afternoon. That, of course, the one, the only Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Need a little uh, pick-me-up playing Hurt today. Would appear I've somehow injured my ribs, so breathing uh, is painful at the moment. But we're going to power through. And riding shotgun to help me through the show, as always, my man AG. What's up? Yeah, your humble host is struggling mightily. <sighs> man, I, uh, getting old is for the birds. Yeah, but but this is dedication to the cause. Ooh, man. Uh, question. You, you, you think you've got a bad eye to walk about almost five minutes? <laughs> yeah, it's actually just in this sleet and just yeah, snowy, sleety day. Yeah. Um, just saw Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. It's uh, not, not an uplifting film, but yeah. I, I would recommend it. It's very good. I, I don't think it's something you would enjoy for two seconds. Right. I, I, I thought it was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of interest in that. Uh, I think the background uh, song sample in the beginning of that is uh, Back in Love Again. Could that be? It had a decent soundtrack, but I don't, I don't remember. No, no, no. I'm saying in Cold Lamp on Flavor Flav. Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. You know the song Back in Love Again? No, I do not. Yeah, you do. Right. Yeah, it's from like the 70s. Every time I turn loose and they let me in. Every time I turn around, back in love again. I'm back, I'm back. You don't know that song? It does not ring a bell. Really? But, it's uh, one of those I'll, classic I'll, 70s... Uh, Classic 70s funk jams. Anyway, I think that uh, is the, the sample there uh, in the beginning of that song. Anyway, gotcha. big show to get to, football-centric. We start out with the, uh, the never-ending soap opera that is your Dallas Cowboys. Boy, your boy Jerry just cannot help he himself. Stay, he cannot stay out of his way. Of course, he had to backtrack because now, he, now he's gotten so much back. Let's just, just shut up. Aitman jumping in on the I phrase. I saw that. So just... Jerry, just shut up. Everybody knows he loves he loves Romo and he's he's loyal to him to a fault. He it's, wants Romo to he wants Romo to play. It's frankly it's it's a little unsettling how it's a little disturbing his love for Tony Romo. I mean, yeah, I, so uh, you know, and well, Stephen is, is also tries to put the kibosh on this too. Stephen's uh, he's about to seem to be the only guy that can really put a put somewhat a, of a rap on <laughs> right. The raps, put, keep the raps on his uh, on keep, his impulsive. Keep, keep Jerry fire. somewhat sane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, we all know Tony Romo's a good quarterback. I, I, I understand. If Jerry acts like this is Joe Montana, I mean, you know, listen, uh, we've documented it here many times. Some some of his late game, late season failures have have been on him. Some of them have not. He hasn't received a whole lot of luck sometimes throughout his career. You know, very good quarterback, but I mean, it, it, listen. You know, because Dak Prescott had a couple of bad games. Uh, you still won 11 games in a row with the guy. And, you know, again. And also the team loves him. The team absolutely loves him. Yeah, you just, you can't do, I mean, it's almost, you almost get the impression Jerry wants you guys to lose this week so that he can ha- unveil the massive storyline for Monday Night Football against the Lions in two weeks. I, I mean, and, and play, uh, and have Romo be the quarterback. Because, you know, it, it's like, you know, the team is, is for, so it's kind of weirdly because the Cowboys are always ridiculously overhyped anyway because for, for whatever reason because they're quote unquote America's team. Um, but for an eleven and two team, they actually have not. I, I feel like there have been other years where they've been you know they're you know they're, they're customary eight and eight, which they pretty much have been over the last twenty years, and get a ton of hype. I don't feel like this team. I mean, listen, of course, Dak and Elliott have gotten a lot of praise, but deservedly so. Um, you know, they're both having really good years. So, I, you know, I, I just, it's almost as if Jerry can't stand the fact that for an 11 and two team and for it to be the Cowboys, I, I'm not going to say they've flown under the radar, but I feel like it's, it's been a very, um, 
for them, uneventful season. It's been a quiet eleven yes. days for that yes. particular team, right? Also, because they've been relatively drama free, right? Which which is which has helped, right? Not on wood, they uh, they stay out of the headlines for the wrong reasons, right? Um, yeah. So oh, interesting story, by the way, um, so in, regarding people staying out of the headlines or, or things happening for the wrong reasons. So you know, Randy Gregory, the, the long, yes. long saga of. His career may very well be over, by the way, because there's, right. uh, there's talk that he failed another drug test. Yes, the defensive so, end for the Cowboys yeah. out of Nebraska so, was supposedly considered to be a top five pick right, for some sure. reason. We, we, we didn't think he was. Uh, but, uh, and then fell to what you guys are in the second round? Got, yeah, I got him the 60th pick. Right. Um, uh, looks like Neil Hunter would have, been a, <laughs> would have been a slightly better choice there. He's been suspended several times for uh, substance abuse issues. Yeah, it's, it seems that he'll, he'll do anything he can to Which not, was, by the way, it was, well, it was well known coming out of college. You failed the drug test. When you fail a drug test at the combine, you were right. screaming to the world, I don't want to do this for a living. Right. It doesn't make you a bad person, but right. it just seems like it's not something he wants to do. Right. So, anyway, he got suspended for the first four games of this year. Then he right. got bumped in and got another 10. Right. They brought, they put him in rehab, and right. it, by all accounts, he's failed another one. Nice. So he's, which would mean he was, he would be uh, gone for another year, right? But at that point, your career is over, right? So I think the thought is that, um, that they'll, they'll appeal. So whatever games are left this year, he'll it, it'll get the uh, suspension will get lost in appeal. So he'll, I think that's the thought is that you know whatever time he has, uh, he'll be he'll be able to play this year, the last two games of the season, and then whatever they have in the playoffs. Anyway. Uh, the point that I want to make here is the NFL is a there's such a disaster. They he was he was eligible to uh, to practice with the team mm-hmm. two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and of course the Cowboys then made a big show about you know we're going to get him back at practice in two weeks, and then somebody at the NFL woke up and said oh no 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 because obviously they know that this suspension this, for this additional suspension is hanging over his head. Uh-huh. So then they they they. Apparently they really don't communicate with the uh, with, with the with the teams. Uh-huh. They just came out and said. Uh, no, 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 you can't practice. Uh, no, no, we, 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 just hang on. Right. Uh, he, not, so he would have been eligible for, for those two weeks, but now right. he's not. Because it's just, they're, they're What's just, the point, though? So, point being, they, nobody knows what they're doing. Just make, make an announcement one or the other. You're eligible to practice until this time. You're not eligible to practice. They, they just they can't handle I mean, they, anything they, Are you right. expecting to get anything out of the guy? I mean, the guy's done nothing. I don't care. That's not played. the point. That's not the point at all. I, he's, either he plays or he doesn't. That's not the point. The point is the league just does not know what they're doing. Oh. And as uh, they just they, they just they can't handle anything. It's just, it, it makes no sense. Just either, either he's eligible to play or he's not. It's just, yeah, but what's, it's just, I, I still, I'm still missing the point. What's the impact on the team? There is none. Well, I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about the, the league. Just how how inefficient they are. Just they just they don't, they don't know what they're doing. And as, gotcha. as Brian brought us, the uh, head scouting guy on, on Cowboys.com, he very astute, astutely pointed out the one thing the guys in the in the uh, in the uh, in the league office in New York know are those Connecticut train schedules. <laughs> that they know. They've got that town packed. I think he's actually dead on about that. Football, not so much. Not oh, so please. Much. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I had the uh, the the the, the uh, uh, un- unfortunately had to watch a game refereed by Jeff Triplett and his clueless wonder crew. Oh, they're 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 not strong. Uh, it, they're it, not it, strong. So so you know, I told you I have a buddy, right? That was a back judge in the NFL uh-huh. for twenty years. Yeah. Text me during the game. Oh, there it is, Jeff Triplett, easily the worst referee in the NFL. What about Tony Carendi? Um, He's not great either. Uh, and Jerome Boger games don't exactly move at his Jeff, but base. Jeff Triplett has been notoriously bad for like 20 years now. I don't understand. I literally – and this is what he said. Because te- the, 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 there was a play in the Lions-Bears game where um, the, uh, Eddie Goldman, nose tackle for the Bears, puts both hands on Graham Glasgow's face and jacks his helmet up and, and, and you know, a clear penalty, illegal hands to the face. They call the penalty on Graham Glasgow. Solomon Wilcox, who was doing the game for CBS, said, what are they calling? They got that exactly wrong. The call should be on the Bears. Of course, after the game, and it negated a 15-yard run, too, on first they down. Just, they got the wrong team. They just, they, they they, just saw, they, they just saw it the other way. They called the penalty on Grand Glasgow because the penalty happened to him, against him. The guy just barked out the wrong That's number. That's what I'm saying. And right? refused to change it. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, it, It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Of course, they apologized. They admitted so their they, error. So they, just they just didn't want to. They just didn't want to look like they were wrong. So they just. Gra- yeah. Graham Glasgow was like he said after the game. You know, like the coaches tell us not to argue with the refs. So I didn't say anything, but I was just like, whatever, dude. And then the guy came up to me later in the game and said, "Oh yeah, sorry, uh, I, I called out the wrong number." Wow. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So so and and but I mean Jeff Triplett, it, this guy is his crew is an atrocity. They called. I mean, listen. Some of the a lot of these penalties were legitimate, but um, I think the Bears got called for eleven or twelve penalties in the game, and the Lions got called for about six. I think something like that, or six accepted. Um, it, it was he. So anyway, my buddy who's a back judge or former back judge sends me a text. Jeff Triplett added again. He goes, and I defend refs. Jeff Triplett is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's a you know he's part of the fraternity. He he he. He's got to be pretty flagrant. Yeah, for him. To- yeah. And I texted him back. I said, I said, how does Jeff Triplett still have a job? And he wrote back, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's an atrocity. Anyway, we digress. Um, So, obviously, huge games this weekend. In the last three weeks, obviously, major, major implications uh, in the NFC playoff race uh, in particular. Uh, Giants, uh, I mean, sorry. That game, that that Giant game last week drove me bananas. Yeah. I hate losing that team. And that is a fairly, fairly... um, Common occurrence, unfortunately. Yeah, no, they they kind of seem to have your guys' number a little bit. I mean, obviously, not a not a great game from a, a cat, you know, from a, an objective observer fan standpoint. You know, ten seven, not exactly a, a lot of excitement. Um, obviously, Beckham. Bad weather. Both play defenses late. played well. Yeah. Um, any any issues with your with your receiver? He's just not. I don't. He's not, first of all, he's not a great route runner. You put him in bad weather against a, cor- a decent cornerback when the other team's playing some defense. Right. You know, he's to me. He looked he, like he, he was, you know he looked he, like he Cadillacted on several plays and did not exactly busted on that last think, interception. I didn't, was, I didn't think. Oh, what? Oh, you, you mean uh, where he got he got picked off the ten? And he, uh, I don't think he was Cadillac. I just don't think he runs that well. Hmm. And he was. I thought he was actually. I thought he was. He was going after. Him. I just thought he just doesn't doesn't run. It was like it looked like he was running on 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 skates. Hmm. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think he. I don't think he was Cadillac. I just don't think he's. I think he's a great player. Right. I think he's a very good player for you know if he can if he can figure out which routes to run him on like those inside routes when he gets them going. But he's he's not a, he's he's not an elite receiver. Right. Hmm. He gets paid like an elite receiver, wow. but he's not. He's just he. Hmm. He's uh he. All right. Anyway, I was just curious. I thought there were a couple of plays that looked like he was loafing to me. I want to I didn't see think what your so. perspective no, was. No, so. I think he just I think he's he was running in rollers. He was running on skates. Gotcha. I, I, no, I, I don't think that's his. I don't think that's his thing. I don't really catalyze it. He just I just don't think he's. I don't think he's he's not an elite receiver, gotcha. not a top five kind of receiver that his uh, his pay scale right. might that might lead you to indicate. Right, gotcha. What I was very irritated about was that in the last two drives of the game, I've got I, I have to watch Lance Dunbar in the game instead of with Zeke Elliott. I, their fascination with Lance Dunbar, I don't understand it. I know he's got some shiftiness to him, but he's still coming off an injury, a, a bad knee injury, which they take it takes a while to, to, to rehab him. I don't know what they're Fascination with uh, with Lance Dunbar is, hmm. and then uh, you know, and then they yeah, that is strange. I, I, I don't know I why Elliott's not on the field. Elliott can catch no the, catches the ball great too. And the other thing is is and he's a good pass when blocker. Dunbar, when, Dun, when Dunbar's back there, they just they just they, they just blitz him. He can't pick up. He can't blitz. He can't block very well. Right. They just blitz him. And if he doesn't get on get out on the pattern, he's useless. There's no reason for him to be out there. I, I don't understand. it. So McFadden just uh, was eligible to be um, Darren McFadden right. was eligible to be uh, and, and has been brought back to the active roster, and they had to cut somebody. So why they wouldn't cut Dunbar, I have no idea. But they cut Darius Jackson, who was a sixth round pick, running back, six six foot two twenty something, runs a four four. Every team he, he immediately got picked up, but he got claimed by the by the Browns. Mm-hmm. I saw a list of uh, people that claimed your team claimed them, right? Claimed for him, right? The first to the Rams and the well, the Browns obviously got him because they had the worst record. Exactly, you know, exactly. But I'm right. saying, but you, you know, every team had not. It's like I right. like 14, 15 teams put in the claim for him. Right. Um, Seems strange. It makes no sense. And, uh, and when uh, when one of the guys was uh, was pressing Jer- uh, Stephen Jones, why they did it, Stephen Jones started to get irritated. Mm. I, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, anyway. Uh, a huge game for you guys this week. Obviously, you still control your own destiny. If you guys win out, you're going to be the number one seed and have home field throughout, throughout the playoffs. Um, but uh, tough game this week against the surging Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, is Tampa, that, Bay, Tampa Bay, they also lead the league. I assume that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a Jerry world, of course. Yeah. yeah, Well, because the Cowboys aren't allowed to play national TV games on the road. That, that's, a, that's a league rule, by you the way. Last week when they played in New York, uh, like that one. And the week before when they played in Minnesota, that one. The Giants game was a uh, 
was flexed, was it not? Or no? Oh, no, this game is flexed. That's right, this game is flexed. Um, yeah, all right, I guess you're right. I'm, I'm surprised. You, it seems to me like every time the Cowboys are on, well, maybe it's because the Cowboys are just always on here in New York. So There's only two games they haven't been on. Yeah, there you go. So maybe that's why I think they play at home all the time. But you're right, good point. Um, but obviously, big game. Uh, now, of course, as a Lions fan, that's a game I need the Cowboys to win. Obviously, I need your team to win. And you obviously need us to win because um, if we if we win and you win, you clinch the division, correct? That's correct. Yes. And if we win and somehow the Green Bay could lose to the Bears on Sunday, we win the division. Um, the Lions can still, of course, also lose their next two games, which are ver- which is very likely playing at the Giants and at the Cowboys. But if they all they have to do is, and I say all they have to do it, I'm not going to say it's going to be, I don't mean to imply that it's going to be easy, but they control their own destiny in the sense that if they beat the Packers the last game of the year, they win the division regardless of what happens these next two games. And frankly, the idea, you know, they were in the two spot uh, for about four seconds because Seattle lost last week to Green Bay, but Seattle has the easiest schedule in the league for the rest of the way. They play the Rams on Thursday. Right, that, yeah. Uh, that division this year is, is pretty um, and, and very favorable for Their them. next two games are Arizona and San Francisco. So uh, probably Seattle looks like, in all likelihood, they'll win out, which would mean the Lions would have to win out. Or, or no, go... Uh, well, no, even if the Lions went 2-1 and one in the last three, they'd still be the three seed because Seattle gets the benefit of having that stupid tie against uh, Arizona earlier in the year because they would be... Uh, 11-4-1, and one, and Detroit would be 11-5. So Seattle, by way of a tie, the tie gets the, right. gets the get two the seed and yeah. gets the first round exactly. by. The Lions would be at home as the three seed hosting uh, the, the six seed, uh, which is would be the last wild card team. Green Bay have you worried? Um, I mean, they always have me worried because, you know, I mean, I, I watched this blow a game to them last year, winning a play on an untimed down. I mean, you know, so... Uh, they, they definitely have me worried, and they have a fairly, you know, uh, well, I don't want to say they have, they, I mean, by records, they have an easy schedule. They play the Bears this week, but it's in Chicago, it's supposed to be super cold. Not that that's probably affect Green Bay that much, because obviously they play outdoors in Green Bay too. But, I mean, it could affect both teams. Um, I just watched the Bears. They're actually not that bad. I mean, they, they're, you know, the record is terrible of 3-9, and nine, but they actually have some decent players on both. Matt Barkley's not playing badly for them. He's not bad. I mean, he, you know, he, he, um, he's certainly um, not as bad as uh, some other guys we've seen you know, play quarterback in the league this year. I mean, I, you know, they're, they're, they're decimated by injuries at receiver. I mean, both Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey are out, although I think Jeffrey might be coming back. Um They've been they've been banged up all year, but they've been really banged up on both sides of the ball. But you know that that Jordan Howard, the running back, he's a good player. Um, You know they've got some decent pieces on defense. Um, They're they're not bad. I mean, Pernell McPhee is pretty decent. Willie Young can still rush the passer. Um, That guy Kareem Hicks has had a very nice year for them. Uh, uh, No, Akeem Akeem Hicks rather has had a very nice year for them. Um, they're 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 not terrible. They're, they're you know Tracy Porter has actually had a good year from the Super Bowl uh, hero for the Saints back in uh, and when they beat the Colts that year. He's a pretty decent corner. I mean they're 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 not terrible. They're not obviously they're not great. They're three nine, but um, they're not terrible. Division games on the road are always tough. So there's a little bit of hope there. Um, you know, listen, we, of course I don't want it to come down to the last game in the year against Green Bay. But would it be super sweet if we win that game, if the Lions win that game, and then and, and, and dash Green Bay's hopes of making the playoffs? Of course. I mean, that, that would be sort of the ultimate. But um, it would be great. you know. And, and, and there's also a scenario, by the way, where the Lions could go 10-6, and six, and if they tie the Green if, – if, if Green Bay – but if they lose that game to Green Bay – so let's just say for argument's sake, the Lions win one of these next two games against the Giants or the Cowboys – and then they lose the last game of the year against Green Bay, and Green Bay doesn't lose again for the rest of the year. Lions don't win the division. Right. Now they could still make, of course, ten and six would probably give them a decent chance at a wild card because um, if you look at uh, the standings, either Atlanta or Tampa Bay is going to win that division. No wild card teams coming out of the West. 
Um, the other, the Giants right now are, are entrenched as the one, the first wild card at nine and four. Then you have, you know, uh, either the the loser of the NFC South, be it the Falcons or the Buccaneers, could potentially be a wild card team. That's why I need the Buccaneers to lose on Sunday to you guys because that would give them six losses, which would help. Uh, Falcons, I don't think have a very tough schedule the rest of the way. I think they play maybe their hardest game is at New Orleans. Let's take a look at their schedule really quickly here. Um, they play, yeah, they yeah they have a fairly easy schedule. They're home against 49ers this week. you got to figure that's a win. That's nine. Then they're at the Panthers. Uh, tough game, uh, even though the Panthers aren't having a good year. But always, again, division games on the road, tough. Um, and then home against the Saints. Let's say for argument's sake, they, they go two and one. I, mean, I think that's fairly reasonable to, to think. For the Falcons, so that gets them to ten and six. Um, and let's take a look now at Tampa Bay's schedule the rest of the way. I think your the game against you guys is the hardest one they have. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Where are they? There they are. Um, they play this. Uh, they're at the Cowboys, at the Saints. Okay, that could be a tough game. And home to the Panthers. So. You know, they could definitely lose two more games, which would make them at best, if they went one and three in the last, well, one and two rather in the last three, they'd make them nine, nine and seven. seven. Right. And the line to get one more win here somewhere, they would be 10 and six and, and would make uh, the playoffs or them. You know, I guess there's still obviously a path to make it at nine and seven. Lions have a very good conference record right now at seven and two, but their last three games are all conference rec- games. So they were to lose out. They'd be nine and seven, but then they would have a, a seven and five record in the conference, which is not terrible, obviously, but not great. So they could lose out in tiebreakers. So I would they're still, think, they're still sitting in a pretty good position. Well, of course, I mean, you're, you're, you have a two game lead in the division with three games to go. Minnesota is really not an issue because the Lions swept them, so they own any tiebreaker over Minnesota. Plus, Minnesota and Green Bay play each other next week, so one of those, you know, if Minnesota were, were to win out, that's better for the Lions because. That knocks out Green Bay, right? Um, and then, um, and then uh, obviously the Lions. The Lions basically just can't lose out. If they go, if they go one and two in these last three games, they're most more than likely going to make the playoffs, either as a wild card or as a division winner. You lose your last three, you, know, you don't all, deserve. All bets are off. And you yeah, don't deserve. Yeah, you don't deserve to. You don't deserve to to, to get in at, at, if you lose your last three. And, and I, I, I would agree with that. Um, but for the most part, except for the Saints win, every Lions game has been by the, the slimmest of margins. I mean, it's crazy. They had another fourth quarter comeback last week. Now, it should have never come to that, frankly. They turned the ball over inside the red zone when they were up 10-3. Uh, to three. Uh, Stafford threw the pick six. Um, the defense got a stop after the interception in the end zone. But um, um, after that, but on that series... Uh, Tier Whitehead, the middle linebacker, dropped a gift-wrapped interception at midfield, and then uh, the Bears ended up punting and giving the Lions, you know, bad field position. And then they scored the pick six after that. So I was figuring, of course, all right, finally, you know, it's going to come back to haunt us. Um, and yeah, then, you, you know, so talk to me about not coming down with gift-wrapped interceptions. Cowboys three times should have uh, should have should have intercepted passes last week oh, against the Giants. They, yeah, they got three turnovers. They had a chance for eight. Yeah, I. I, I uh, Three out of eight opportunities, it's not great. I, I fell asleep, I have oh, to admit, in the second half, so I didn't dropped, see. Church dropped two right in his hands, and at the end of the game, Justin Durant. Tough play, but still, you got to make the play, and that's and that's why he's got to come down with it. Yeah, I didn't. And the uh, two fumbles they didn't pick up. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, and then the other t- potential wild card is the Redskins, because they're 7-5-1, so they also have the benefit of the tie. Um, by the way, it, it, apparently tie is the greatest thing in the world. Um, I mean, apparently it's, it's the best thing ever in the NFL, because... Uh, Kansas City or Denver, rather, had they gone, had they played for the tie in that Sunday night game against the Chiefs, which it's arguable that they should have, mm-hmm. given you know they tried what a sixteen. I fell asleep in that game. So was, uh, yeah, so they they were up, they went up eight with like less than two minutes left. I think uh, the Chiefs tied it and got the two point conversion to send it into overtime, and then neither team could do anything with the ball in overtime, and then the Broncos. Uh, try instead of just letting instead of just punting um, with like I don't know forty seconds left in the in the in the overtime they tried a sixty two yard field goal they missed it the guy obviously that gave 
Kansas City great field position and they won it with a field right, goal. Right. Um, you know, you could argue there that you know, I mean that's a really I mean, granted it was mile high, but it was cold and the guy basically said his limit he thought was sixty, um, the kicker. And then, you know, so if they punt there, the Chiefs may try to score there, but they may try to not score there because, you know, if let's say you punt and you pin them back inside their own ten yard line, you know, they may be nervous about turning it over and giving the ball back right. obviously to Denver to kick a chip shot to win it. So they may have just try to getting into field goal range at that point are pretty slow. Pretty remote. Yeah, I think they were out of timeouts. That, that offensive scheme. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they don't exactly press the ball down the field over there in KC. So yeah, they, I, yeah, they would not have been anxious to throw the ball. So uh, my point pass against that defense. Yeah. So my point is, had had they played, had they tied that game, they'd be in better position right now. I mean, technically they are in the sixth seed right now, but um, you know, eight four and one would be looking better than eight and five. Um, and they had a tough loss at home last week to Tennessee, who's played themselves uh, into the mix in the in the AFC playoff picture. So um, yeah, so you guys and you guys finished the year where at Philly, correct? Okay, so you have Tampa Bay, us, and then at Philly. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think two and one is pretty reasonable there. I, right. I, I I think two and I, right. You, you'd sign up for two and one right now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Two two and one gets you gets you thirteen and three. Right. Yeah. You'll, you'll be fine. Tough to argue with that. Now let me ask you this. Let's just say for argument's sake, uh, regardless of outcome, Dak Prescott doesn't play a good game. Tony Romo, your starting quarterback. Not not your decision. I'm not, I'm not saying you want to make a decision, but do you think that he will be the starting quarterback on Monday night against the Lions? It depends on how badly he plays and who's. Let's say it's a bad game. Let's say he has, you know, no touchdowns, two picks, but you guys win anyway. I think they give him one more. Okay. I think absolutely Tony Romo will be. Jerry can't help himself. He can't resist. It's a Monday night game. It's all anyone will be talking about. He cannot resist. I think Romo will be the starting quarterback, and I think it's a huge mistake if he does that. Huge mistake. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I don't think Steven is in that camp. And Steven's been asserting more and more power as the years go by. So that'll be, right. that'll be very interesting. Yeah. That's, I'm just making that prediction, is that uh, if Prescott has a bad game, Tony Romo will be the quarterback on Monday night, the day after Christmas. Well, like I said, I, I, I think it also depends on – you, you're saying if he has like a, like, like a game like last week, like, like 13 for 30 for 95 yards, 200 Well, I mean, if he just doesn't play well. I mean, yeah. if he doesn't play well, um, particularly, if they, particularly if they lose. If, if you guys lose and he doesn't play well, I think there's no question Tony Romo is the starting quarterback. Now – he doesn't play well, and the Cowboys still find a way to win because you know Zach uh, Zeke Elliott goes off on the ground or whatever. Um, then you know maybe he, he, they, they, he can be convinced to keep him in there because you, you still won. And the thing, the thing is so so worrisome about that is you you don't know what Romo is. You have no idea if he guys have played play. for a year. Correct. You have no idea what he can give you. Yeah, and, and he's not exactly and strong. If, and, if he, and if he's terrible, right. No, you know, yeah. you're really in a corner. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. see how you do it. I don't see any way that you do that. The only way he would play is if Prescott got hurt to me. I don't care if, he, if, if Prescott throws up another stinker this week. I, there's no way you pull the guy. No, let's, let's just say for argument's sake, he doesn't play well the rest of the season. Let's, let's say they lose out and go 11-5. and five. They're still in the, They've already clinched a playoff spot. Right. So if he plays really badly for the next three games, right. what are you doing with that playoff game? That becomes interesting. Then, you, you know, yeah, absolutely. At that point, you absolutely have to think about it. Um. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess so. But you know that that then it's more. Ju- then it's just. Then at least you can justify it. I right. think. Right. I mean, if you if you were to lose, if you lost four games in a row, I think it's perfectly reasonable. You know, unless the quarterback is you know one of the elite guys in the league, I think any team would be considered make could could argue could argue you could argue that they would consider making a change if they had a backup. Presumably, as good as Tony Romo. I mean, again, if you're getting again, Tony Romo from three years ago, great. Yeah, two you years no ago. But you have no idea what you're getting from him. I mean, he's thirty, what, thirty-six years old. Um, you know, for all we know, the first time he, he gets hit, he could get hurt again. Right? Uh, he doesn't move nearly as well as he used to. Um, so yeah, there could be uh, a lot of issues. There. Yeah, you can certainly make the argument. He'll, he'll, he could see certain things developing that Dak can't, blah, blah, yeah. blah, but also Dak can make plays with his feet that Tony Romo can't make at all. Right, that's right. No, I, I agree. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back right after this.
And we're back here on a Saturday edition of Jamal About Sports, keeping with the uh, hip-hop-themed Saturday afternoon, and also getting into the Christmas spirit. That, of course, was Christmas in Hollis by the venerable Run DMC. We're back here. That's a good one. That and Christmas rapping are probably the two best. I would agree. Two best pop, rock, yeah. whatever, hip-hop Christmas songs. I would say so. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, uh, I have to admit, I, 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 I fall uh, victim uh, to uh, Paul McCartney's <laughs> cheery little ditty. Oh, I agree with you. I think it's very good. <laughs> I actually had this argument with somebody else who thinks that's a horrible Christmas song. Yeah. Like, no, no, man, that's, that's Macca. Yeah. You know, don't, don't you, don't you Macca. That's right. I think that's even, an excellent even, yeah, Christmas even, song. He can even get a Christmas song right. Uh-huh. I mean, he, that guy can do no wrong. I mean, we'll I, think, see, I think it's very good. I think it's, well, because it, it's not it's not deep and sad and depressing like like John Lennon's song, of course, with with screaming, wailing, oh Yoko in the background at the end. So you know, it's not it's not a piece of artistic genius like that song, which is t- t- the worst Christmas song maybe ever made. Most depressing. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not one of my favorites. Joyless songs of all time, but God forbid anybody actually admits that. Make that number up, bluesy woozy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Got me toes are tapping. I mean, it's Christmas time. It's supposed to be cheerful and happy. Uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas is exactly that. That's very good. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. The John Lennon song is the complete opposite of that. Now, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't love. I don't, I don't hate it, but I, I don't love it. How about the? Uh, are you familiar with the Pogues' "Fairy Tale of New York"? I am not. Uh, that is an outstanding song. Again, uh, although by my own criteria, I'm kind of being a hypocrite now because it's not exactly. Um, uh, a, a song of uh, joy and hope, but it's a, it's an excellent song. Um, it's deposed with Kirsty McCall, who sadly uh, passed away several years ago. But um, she she did a lot of uh, back. She well, she was her, she had her own album out, came out in like the nineties. She also did a lot of background singing for Billy Bragg and the Smiths and uh, a bunch of other eighties uh, uh, alternative bands from uh, the Manchester. Uh, area, mm-hmm. but um, in any event, yeah, it's a great song. Fairytale New York's outstanding. Um, but anyway, we digress. Um, big goings on in the uh, local high school football scene uh, here in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know. You probably you probably missed this, but um, Polly Prep uh, has a kid named Isaiah Wilson who's six seven, two hundred, uh, three hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, and he was being recruited by Michigan, uh, Alabama, and Georgia, and he chose Georgia. He announced it uh, yesterday at like wow. the Christmas assembly. I think there's too many poly prep grads playing in the SEC. Uh, I believe he will be the first. Yes, yeah. we had a kid uh, that went to Notre Dame a couple years ago. This kid named Jay Hayes. I, I have no idea. I, I don't. I haven't really watched much of Notre Dame this year. I don't know if he's playing yet, or if he's redshirted, or or if he uh, or what his status is. But um, yeah, uh, we had another kid. Um, uh, Eric Olson that played center at Notre Dame too about uh, five years ago. Uh, the kid that played running back at Wisconsin, I'm forgetting his name now, um, had was an undrafted free agent by the Saints. But yeah, not a lot of uh, big, big, big time uh, football players from Poly Prep. But yeah, so he uh, he chose um, Georgia over Michigan and uh, Alabama, which was somewhat of a surprise. Um, which leads me to uh, my zeros of the week, which number one is um, this Bobby Petrino. Are you familiar with this whole well, the whole, well, the uh, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest Louisville oh, yeah. thing? So, so for those of you who may not have heard, you can't make you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. So apparently, Wake Forest's radio announcer, who's a former player there too, I guess, right? Right. Um, was mad at the Wake Forest coaching staff because they didn't give him a coaching job. Or they might. I, I think they bounced him from his coaching. Oh, they maybe that's what it was. He got fired, and now he's a radio announcer. And so apparently, he offered. And, and by the way, some people had some misgivings about put, uh, keeping him just in in any anywhere capacity, near the whether program, it be, whether it be a radio. Gotcha, radio because they knew he was going to be disgruntled. Um, so he offered uh, to Louisville, and of course, Louisville accepted uh, some of their plays. <laughs> and now you would say, oh well, I mean, it's Wake Forest. I mean, first of all, the fact that. Um, you would need the players from Wake Forest to beat them. It's kind of yeah. pathetic in, in and of itself. Although that game against Wake Forest was pretty close for a while this year, Louisville-Wake Forest. Um, uh, I notice now this slime ball, this sleazy snake of a human being, Bobby Petrino, the head coach at Louisville, who's had, 
I mean, his entire career has been one lie after another, whether it was him lying when he coached at Louisville the first time, uh, him lying when he was at... Um, a motorcycle accident. Correct, with his mistress. Yes, yeah. correct, yes. Um, when he lied to the Falcons when he said he wasn't looking at the Arkansas job and then took the Arkansas job a day later. All this guy does is lie. So he claimed that it was no big... Reminds me of somebody. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, Yes. Well, it's un- it's unprecedented. Um, Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what you did there. Thank you. Um, so, uh, in any event, um, now I see the offense coordinator is going to take the hit now, and he's suspended for the bowl game against LSU. Um, but so, I guess this guy, this radio announcer for Wake Forest, gave plays to Louisville. Louisville reported it and then said, okay, nothing – Nothing to see here, folks. Move on. We didn't do anything. It had nothing to do with the game. It, had not, it meant nothing. We didn't do anything. But then, of course, it turned out that they did. And Bob Petrino went on the radio and said that it didn't. And then it turned out that they did take the play. So he lied yet again. How this guy still gets a job. I mean, first of all, he's, he's down at Louisville. This is his second time there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, obviously, we had the, he had the, the incident at, at Arkansas when he got in a crash on his motorcycle with his mistress and tried to say that she was somebody else. Um, and then obviously when he was with the Falcons, Arthur Blank asked him, are you interviewing for the Arkansas job? He said no. And then literally I think he resigned the next day. Yeah. Um, so he's a real treat. And then the other one is this Jim Harbaugh. I mean, this guy, I am so happy Isaiah Wilson didn't go to Michigan. If I had a kid who was a top, uh, college recruit, I, I wouldn't even let him discuss going to Michigan, which is a sh- as long as Jim Harbaugh is there, which is a shame because Michigan's a wonderful school and it's got a great football program, obviously a great history. Jim Harbaugh is, is one of I, I couldn't think of a worse example to set for my kid than playing for Jim Harbaugh. Did, did you hear his latest now? He's not the most likable guy. Did you hear his latest now? Um, so there's been speculation because the Rams fired their coach yes, that, perhaps, that, that perhaps Jim Harbaugh might be considered a candidate because he obviously has been a successful head coach in the NFL. And just like Nick Saban's name will get bandied about, Urban Meyer, all the top-level college coaches, their names get bandied about by various media types uh, when when head when head coaching jobs in the NFL are are, are open. And so by the way, I think uh, I think some seven and nine BS. I don't think I don't think that name's going to be made in <laughs> much longer. Uh, I mean, crazy. Jeff Fisher, you you didn't even make it to seven and nine, my man. You made it to four and nine. To, to be fair, for years, not the last few years, but look for years, we bought in. I know. I I was a big Jeff Fisher proponent. So I I, I say his, play, his teams always play hard. You knew you were yep. in a battle when you played his yep. teams. Oh, I was a big Jeff Fisher guy. At some point, we, ju- we, re- we realized yep. like, he uh-huh. never wins anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, that, never, he doesn't win football games. You, you talk about he a guy to, to win football games. He does not do you, that. You talk about a guy who got a lot of uh, who who got a lot of mileage out of uh, a Super Bowl loss about almost twenty years ago. I mean, jeez. Jeff Fisher, what I mean, yeah, I guess I mean seven and nine. You would have dreamt for you would have you would have taken seven and nine and run with it, Jeff Fisher. Exactly. Boy, that team is a disaster. Did you, did you watch any of that game? And first of all, any of that Thursday night poop fest? Yes, as, as Richard Sherman would say. Well, first of all, he's a hundred percent right. Nice uniform. You, nice, you've nice been you, you've been pointing this out forever. Um, these and Thursday night games. These are Thursday night games are. A joke. I think his quote was: uh, "It just gives them another, gives the league another chance to stick their middle finger." At yes. Uh huh. I'm, I'm actually I'm a big fan of his. Well, oh yeah, he's great. Richard Sherman's great. And then, of course, and then they they, they, they exacerbate it by dressing the teams in these ridiculous garish uniforms. These highlighter uniforms. I mean, the, the, the Seahawks, Seahawks literally right? looked like a highlighter. They looked like a neon highlighter. And then the Rams, those helmets weren't bad, but then they wore the regular uniforms. With the yellow and blue, with when they did the the white horn on on the blue helmet, and said, I, I had no idea what they were doing either. That was a, a pretty weak look. Meanwhile, that game looked like a blowout. The, the, the Seattle could not have gotten any luckier in that game. The Rams missed a, a guy. Michael Thomas dropped a, a, a pass that would have been like a 65, 70 yard game. Saw that they also they uh, missed the uh, first quarter. Jared Goff missed a guy wide open, open in the end zone for a touch, and, and then on third it. and one, they ran it on fourth and one and barely. And, and they know the refs gave it to them. Pete Carroll challenged the spot. Pete Carroll challenged two spots in that game and got both up. Now that never happens. That never right. happens. Got both. And then he, he did it third time. Yeah, right. Because he got the extra challenge. Um, then they ran a bush league fake punt. Almost got their punt. Got their punt to hurt right. on the play. Oh, they almost, got yeah, belted. On yeah, they're up twenty four three with six minutes to go and they ran a fake, fake punt. punt. Yeah. 
Um, of course, I mean, the guy had 30 yards of clear sound. Oh, my God. The, 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 the line opened up like... They're giving it to you, take it. The line opened up like the Red Sea. I mean, you know, my first instinct when I, you know, because I, I heard about the fake punt before I saw the play, I was like, really, they fake punt on... on uh, right. On well, it's just completely unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. Now you got your punter hurt, too, that's by true. the way. That's true. So, you know what? Good for you. Um, I mean, that's he, the he thing. Got, he got laid out. Yeah, well, I mean... I, it wasn't the, the hit was 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 a hard hit, but it was when his hit his head hit the turf after he hit the ground. That's what I think caused the concussion. Mm. Um, but uh, Jim Harbaugh, getting back to this Jim Harbaugh thing. So of course his name is getting bandied about, and um, he, he 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 rallies the truth by saying these are lies put out there by our enemies. To we oh oh yeah you have a, your enemies Jim Harbaugh you're a football coach okay would you get over yourself so you're not a head of state you're not a president okay you're not the head of the military you're a football coach ooh our enemies are out to get us what a jerk what a class a jerk Jim Harbaugh is and I, I, it's amazing how nobody points calls this guy out on his boorish well, behavior because he wins yeah I, I I understand that but I mean the guy is a bore. He is just an absolute He's tough to bore. take. He is tough to take. Boy, can I not stand him. Um, and I mean... It's let's, so weird, like, now now that you have context, but it's so weird, like, looking back at those highlights from, like, 30 years ago when uh, when Mike Dick was throwing the, the, the clipboard uh-huh. and getting Harbaugh's face yep. screaming at him. Yep. Harbaugh's like, he's yelling back. He's yelling back right. At him. Well, that I remember there was one specific... Um, didn't he check out of a play? Yes, against the Vikings. They had the lead, and it was a third down, and he checked out of a run play to a pass, and he threw a pick six, and that cost him the game, basically, and did go through a fit on the sideline. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, yeah. We, had, uh, we he, had no idea of what was to come as far as as, as far as Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And then did you see this Michael Floyd thing? Well, I know the Patriots picked him up. Uh huh. Yeah. So he's had he's had uh, he's had some issues. He's right? had a history of DUIs. He had I think two in college. This is his second one since he's been in the NFL. This most recent one, he was fa- found passed out at the wheel of his car at two a.m. Cardinals finally said they'd had enough and cut him. Um, I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. I mean, to me, it, you know, it seems to me clearly a guy's got a problem and you try to help him and get it fixed. Apparently, he's a very popular teammate. Carson Palmer went to bat from Larry Fitzgerald went to bat from. They all, they're apparently very well liked mm-hmm. um, by his teammates. But, of course, yes, the Patriots, of course, just snap him up. And you know that, of course, he will have a big uh, catch for a touchdown or first down, something, somewhere. They somehow parted ways with Griff Whalen. Oh, to, yeah, to the, great, the great Griff Whalen, yeah. Well, I'm I, sure if he played anymore, we'd be hearing his name. Professor Griff Whalen. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't uh, – that he, his most famous play was Chris that, Hogan, same, same, same guy. Right? Chris Hogan is actually pretty good. I don't know how. Oh, yeah, of course. I he's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, he actually showed some promise when he was on the Bills too, and of course the Bills idiot. And it's going to be like when the Dolphins let Wes Welker go to the Patriots. The Bills are going to be ruining this mistake to letting Chris Hogan go. I mean, I know the Bills are, uh, have a ton of talent at wide receiver with Sammy Watkins who can never stay on the field, and Robert Woods who catches about once every three passes that hits him in the hands. Um, but you know, and and, and the, that speed demon Marquise Goodwin, another guy who can barely catch, and he can never stay on the field either. Um, but uh, yeah, the Ryan brothers look like could be uh, could they be curtains. Might be toast. Could be curtains for the Ryan brothers so up there in Buffalo. Pretty <laughs> shocking. So surprised uh, things haven't gone exactly according to plan. Yeah, you know, it's funny because actually, you look at that that Bills team. Um, it's it's not a bad team. I mean, they've got they've got supposedly good players all over the place there. Um, but they just kind of really they just they can't ever seem to get over the hump. Um, you know, a ton of penalties on that team, though, always. I mean, they're mm-hmm. always going to call for penalties. But, you know, listen, when my man Schwartz, he was there, they uh, they had, like, the second-best defense in the league, and then they got rid of him. Um, yeah, yeah, well, you got to bring in Rob. Well, last year he didn't have Rob, right? But this year he brought in Rob. Yeah, that, that guy... I mean, he's about as overrated a coordinator as it gets. Has he ever had a good defense? Well, as Bob's going to say, his body of work is not very it's not good. Great. It's not great. It's not particularly good. His players love him. Yeah. But it's, that's all well and good. That, but, uh, you know, this, is a, this is a results-oriented business. Yes, it is a results-based league. That is absolutely true. Um, Proof is in the pudding. That's right. As Tom Seaver once scolded us. That's exactly <laughs> He was quite the professorial one. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he, he was another real barrel of laughs. Uh, like Mr. Fun. There's, there's a lot of background noise. There. 
I'm finding it very irritating. <laughs> That's when he was doing a Yankee game, right? No, no, it was uh, during an interview. Oh, during an interview. He was still playing. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Oh, and, uh, and, and I mean, again, just getting back to the, it's, and, you know, a Harbaugh thing really quickly. It's like all these all these college coaches, I mean, what it, it's what is it in they it has to be in your DNA to be a, like a megalomaniac jerk to be a successful college football coach. I mean, like, you know, Harbaugh is like that Urban Meyer, although he seems he's softened somewhat since his his earlier days at Florida, but he's not exactly the most likable. Nick Saban, I mean, you talk about a guy that is about as out of touch. Mr. Fun is my nickname for mm. Nick Saban. Mm. Um, you know, slamming his headset down when they're up 38-3 to against, uh, you know, University of Texas, uh, you know, uh, San Antonio, one of those, you know, how the SEC always plays those cupcake games later right. in the year. Um, and uh, did you? Yeah, I, I don't think we ever mentioned this. You, you, you heard his, um, his, his take on, uh, not his take, but that he didn't know it was election day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, of course, right. yeah, that's good. That's good. He, he's the head. He's the highest paid. First of all, he's the highest paid employee in the state of Alabama by and by a lot, by a lot. Um, second of all, uh, he's ostensibly a leader of young men at an academic institution, an institution presumably of higher learning. You think you might want to know if it's election day? You think perhaps you might want to pay attention now. Or, been, or it's just, or it's just, you know, could have been garbage. He's, he's too busy. He's too busy coaching his football. Well, yes, he's got. He's myopic. Yes, he's got blinders on. That's all he's. That's all he's carrying. But exactly. I mean, what does that tell you, though? I mean, that's that's pretty sad. If that's true, that's pretty sad. I mean, you know, it, again, it's college football. I understand it's big business, which of course also just underscores the sheer hypocrisy that it's at amateur athletics. Um, when you know Nick Saban, I'm pretty sure makes seven million dollars a year, something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, as much as some NFL head coaches. As a matter of fact, let's try to see if we can find that out right now. Nick Saban's salary. What do we got here? Oh, sorry. Uh, yep, seven point one million. Yeah. yeah. Pete Carroll's the highest paid NFL coach at eight million. Belichick second at seven five. Wow, I'm surprised. And there, there's Nick, good old Nicky, at seven point one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sticking with uh, with some some um, college college themes of some unsavory stories. Yes, I don't know unsavory. I don't know what the right uh, right adjective is. But did you see? Have you seen the Joe Mixon tape? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, Ooh. but I heard about it. Yeah, Joe Mixon's a running back for Ooh. Oklahoma. He punched the girl in the face at like a, a sandwich shop. It's yeah, really bad. Yeah. Um, and he was we suspended. Don't, we don't, you know, we don't. Yeah, it's, it's from two years ago. Yes. And yeah. he was suspended. Uh, just to be clear, Oklahoma did the right thing and suspended him for all of the season last year. They didn't suspend him for a game against you know the Sisters of the Poor. He was yeah, suspended he for the whole season. season. Correct. But, but you know, I, I'm not sure. You know, there's stories about you know what precipitated it. I mean, you know, you don't know what happened. There's no audio. Yeah, but it's, you, you don't punch a girl so, in the face. Oh, it's so bad. You don't punch it's a girl so in the face. Bad. I don't no. care what she did to you. She spit on you. She yeah, slapped you. Uh, you, you. You don't punch I, a girl. Agreed. Agreed. Agree. I'm just saying. Right. It's, it looks. It's. Yeah. I. I it's, it, it, it's. Well, it's I, as bad as it, it as it sounds. Yeah. It's yeah. Bad as it sounds. I. 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 I she could. I mean, she. She could have been killed. Right. I mean, she could have been killed. Oh yeah. I mean, he's like a two hundred and thirty pound running back. I mean, he's. Uh, oh, she hits like a corner of a table. Yeah, I heard. I read. I read the description. I have not seen it, and I guess the reason that it got released after all this time is because is there still a civil trial? Is still still a civil case uh, that needs to be settled? And the so. prosecution sued to have it released. I think is what happened. Oh no. Actually, I think it was the Oklahoma media actually sued the the prosecutor or the the, the DA's office to have. I'm not. I'm not clear exactly what, what what was happening there. Let's but, see if uh, we can check that out. Yeah, I mean, I, I read the read the article. I wasn't really really clear on what was going on, but it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Why would his lawyers release the video? That's strange. That's what I'm saying. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, then you also have this, you have this whole University of Minnesota situation. Have you heard right, about yes, that? Yeah. Where 10 players are accused of uh, having group sex with a woman. Video of but Oklahoma nothing, running back Joe Mixon. Oops, turn, I forgot. Anytime you turn on, flip anything on ESPN, you have to either get a commercial or th- this guy, by the way. Uh, how this guy 
is on sports on, on a sports network show is beyond me. I, I don't know. I don't know who he is. He is an absolute atrocity. I don't know his name either. But he he's he he clearly if you ever he he does the six o'clock sports center a lot. What's the only, guy's name? Uh, I don't know. The only reason I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only reason I know. Um, yeah. So she shoves him and then she slaps him and then he punches her. Yeah. Um, that's awful. Um, um, the only reason I know who this guy is, this, this ESPN guy, I forget, I got to find his name, um, is because I, I tape, uh, I DVR, tape, I DVR, pardon the interruption. On your VCR? Yes. Uh-huh. On my Betamax. And, uh, and, um, you know, it, it runs a couple of minutes over. Into you do that after, those, after those movies run on WHT, right? No, that's right. Uh... It uh, it runs a couple minutes over on the recording into the six o'clock sports center. So I see this guy. He he, he sounds like a guy who really is not even a fan of sports. Doesn't know anything about sports. Like when he reads like the the the, the, the intro to the sports to sports center, he's like it's almost like um like a foreign guy. Mm-hmm. Talking, oh yes, and now the American football that we love so much, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not 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 a fan. Anyway, now we go to the sports games. Yes, um, and then lastly, uh, uh, on, a, on a on a high note, I'll be interested to watch this um, Houston San Diego State bowl game. I know there's now it's bowl season. There's a lot of crappy games, but this game should be an interesting game. A, both teams are decent. B, uh, it's at, scouting season. It's scouting season, and I'm interested to watch this kid Danell Pumphrey, the running back from San Diego yeah, State. Put up sick numbers this year. Uh, put up sick numbers. He's he's about to break Ron Dane's. Uh, he, if he has 108 yards, that he breaks Ron career. Ron Dane's career rushing yeah. uh, record in college. And he's a little guy. He's like five nine, 180 pounds, but he runs hard. He runs tough. Apparently, averages he's averaged six yards a carry for the season. He averages over seven yards a carry in the fourth quarter of games. And um, he he the way he got to San Diego State was um, Hunky Cooper. Remember that name? Oh, he played in the Arena League. Arena League star, little short squat guy. Yeah, yeah. he is the uh, I believe he's the offensive coordinator somewhere. Anyway, he he coached. I think he coached this kid in high school, and he called uh, San Diego State and said you should you should recruit this guy. He's uh, he, you know. It, Everyone always said, you know, it's a classic example of, you know, everyone's like really talented, but he's just too small and he'll never hold up. And meanwhile, he's about to break uh, all-time yeah. college rushing. And he's the only, only college running back to have over 5,000 rushing yards and over 1,000 receiving yards uh, in, in his career. Is that right? Yep. So, anyway, I'll be interested to, uh, to watch him. Uh, obviously, big day of football tomorrow. Lions, Giants at one. Cowboys, Buccaneers at five. We'll be back next week to talk all about it. Until then, peace out.